is such a privilege for us to be here for Michael, Michael's induction, he and Crystal. And um, I just want to say greetings from our church down in Alvarez Crossing, and it's going to be a, a great privilege to be able to partner with you through the FECA um, in the gospel. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Let me begin with declaring the gospel to you. The gospel is the good news that even though we are sinful, broken and separated from God by our sin, through his great love and grace, he gave his son Jesus to die for us so that we can be brought back into relationship with him through repentance and faith. Amen? I have had the privilege of being raised in a ministry home. I'm a second generation pastor. And my dad um, taught me a lot of the things that I know and believe it or not, I know you will often it's hard to believe, but this last April marked 39 years that I have been in vocational ministry. So you think, well, is it three when you started ministry? You were supposed to be making that anyway, but you were not. But in all of that time, I have seen my share of people who have been in ministry and failed in some way. Perhaps they've had a, a crash either morally or emotionally, and it's caused them to leave ministry. And in every one of those cases where I knew the people, I have often wondered what could have been said, what could have been done to prevent that crash, that failure. Because I, I can tell you that ministry is a tough gig. I'm going to keep looking at Michael because this message, and usually I can get the inductee to sit right in here so I can preach right at it, but I'll just have to do that that way this morning. But this morning, this message is for you and for him and for Christopher as well. So when you think about that, one of the things that we know is that, that ministry is a tough gig. And it often can be filled with disappointments, failures, frustrations, people, unrealized expectations, broken visions, emotional fatigue, people, long hours, funerals, sadness and loss, betrayal, people, unproductive counseling sessions, financial struggle, tedious administrative tasks, long, intense meetings, sermon flops. Oh, and did I mention people? Ministry can also be incredibly rewarding and filled with great blessing, changed lives, realized dreams and visions, Wonderful times of worship, supportive colleagues, inspired times of prayer, healed relationships, conversions to Christ, baptisms, baby dedications, weddings, people, powerful messages, spirit-filled members, realized budgets, generous offerings, and yes, in case you missed it. 
That's ministry. And the interesting thing about all of this is that it was just the same in the first century when the Apostle Paul was seeking to plant churches and be involved in seeing the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ from Matthew chapter 16 come to reality when he said, I will build my church. I have quite a few things that I remember that my dad told me about ministry. And one of the things that my, my dad used to do when, when, especially when we were able to work together for a short time, when we first came to Australia, my dad was a church planter here in Australia as well, and he was in the little town, country town of Warrnambool um, on the coast. And so we went down there and lived with him for the first year and, and did ministry with them there. And my dad had this thing that he always said when something new would come up and some new challenge or some new thing that would happen, he would look at me and go, welcome to the ministry, son. So Michael, welcome to the ministry of Mapra. I know you've been in ministry. You've had some experience there, so you understand all the things that I've just said. Well, welcome to the ministry of Mapra. And it'll be interesting in 10 years' time, God willing, all the stories you're going to be able to know and tell about this group of people that are here. And there are going to be some joys, some challenges, some difficulties. But I hope that, and this is to you, folks, I hope that Michael will be able to say with joy what a blessing it's been to be with the people of the African Church. As a church planter, Paul was incredibly connected to the churches that he started and that he sort of saw as a spiritual father over. And you could probably say that he, he had a very special connection with the church at Ephesus. His sort of mentee, the, the one that he mentored, Timothy, was the pastor of that church for a while. And it was obvious that, that this man and this church had a special place in his heart. And Paul was, was leaving. It was the last time he was going to be able to see the, the elders from the church at Ephesus. And so when he was passing through, he called them to him, and he had a, a final sort of address to them. And in this, these verses that we've heard read a moment ago, we see that the Apostle Paul was saying, here are some things that I want you to remember. And I think there's some wonderful lessons that we can glean from that this morning, both as a church and for Michael as your pastor. So here are some things that I want to say to you this morning that Paul left for the church at Ephesus and its elders. Now, they didn't tell me how much time I had, which is great. <laughs> but I will be conscious of the fact that we have little ones here this morning. So let's get into the, into the passage of Scripture. First of all, Paul left them an example to follow. Now, these first few verses, Paul begins to talk about, he says, I want you to know that I've lived among you in a certain way. He said, I serve the Lord with humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me and and he said, I didn't shrink from declaring the gospel to you. And all of this that, that I have done, and 
just simply giving them an understanding of, of what took place. And he left them with a with a wonderful example. His his humility, his grace, his emotional investment in ministry. He talks about the fact that he that he was with them with tears and, and all of those things. And God's Spirit had, had led Paul all along the way. But in the midst of all of that, he faced trials and hardships. And I think Mick already knows that he's going to face some trials and hardships here in Napa. And I don't even know you, folk, but I know that that's going to be true. Because you're people, right? And life happens to us. Difficulty happens. I mean, you already are, are facing a couple of funerals this week. And sadness comes, and struggle comes, and different kind of circumstances come on us, and it's hard. It's difficult. But not only that, Paul also let them know that he wasn't someone who was coveting a lot of money. And we need to understand that in ministry, the Bible says that, that we need to take care of those who are ministering the gospel and preaching to us. Shut your ears for a moment, Michael. Take care of your pastor. I can say that because you're not my people. <laughs> but I would preach that to my people as well, simply because that's the word of God. The scripture says that it's your responsibility to make sure that he is cared for financially. He shouldn't struggle. He should be free from the, the worry of finance so that he can do the ministry that God has given him to do. Now, Paul was unique because Paul said, I didn't covet your, your silver or gold. And Paul actually was a little bit of an enigma because he, he encouraged the churches to make sure they took care of the pastors, but then said, I'm not taking anything from you. Sometimes I look normal. But the thing that we do know is Paul was not allowing himself to be taken by financial gain. You know, we have a, a segment of the Christian world that tries to preach that we should get rich because we're believers in Christ. You've heard it probably, heard about it. It's called a prosperity kind of gospel. And the Bible never, I don't think, I think that's actually an aberration of what the scripture teaches. The important thing that we need to understand and that Paul gives us an example in is that we need to, to make sure we are trusting God for the things that we need. And I know that that's something that you folk will make sure of with your pastor. I like what Matt Chandler said. Well, I heard him preach once. He said, there's nothing wrong with money and material possessions, but they make a terrible God. It's true, is it? And we all need to be free from that. Paul has a, left a wonderful example of humility and grace and, and servanthood for those elders there at Ephesus. Nick, I want to challenge you this morning to, to be a servant to these people. 
be humble and, and grow with them and give them what God is giving you to deliver to them. Not only do we see that Paul left an example to follow, he also left a, a ministry to aspire to. And I love his words here because he says, I don't give an account of my life as any value or precious to myself, but I want to finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. And he said, this is, this is what I aspire to, and that is that, that I will testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And that I will proclaim the kingdom. Now, as ministers of the gospel, we have an awesome privilege of preaching and teaching to the people of God in Jesus. And Michael, I know that you take that very seriously. I haven't heard you preach, but I've heard that God has gifted you. And that's a wonderful thing. But it's something that I think we need to, to take very seriously. And this is one of the, my most favorite parts of ministry is getting up each week and sharing with our folk from the Word of God. Because I know that the Word of God is powerful. It's already been said this morning. It will not return void. It will do the work that the Spirit of God intends for it to do. And that's that's the ministry that Paul received from the Lord to, first of all, testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And what a challenge that is, to, to preach the gospel of God's grace to a lost and dying world, but also to preach it to you each week. Because you need to hear the gospel all the time in your life. You need to be reminded that God saved you by grace. And that everything in your life is built on a foundation of that gospel. But not only that, to proclaim the kingdom. Now, one of the things that years of ministry has taught me is that there is a lot of kingdom building going on in churches. I don't know you, so I can't say whether or not there are any little kingdoms being built here. I hope not. I trust not. But Paul didn't say to declare the kingdom of Paul. He didn't say, build a kingdom of the elders. He said that you have the privilege of proclaiming the kingdom of God. Not with a political agenda, but preaching the kingdom. That wonderful, wonderful truth. God is building for himself a kingdom of saints. The now, the not yet, one day we will see that kingdom come to fruition. But thirdly, Paul said, not only is my privilege the ministry that I've been given to, to testify of the gospel of grace and to proclaim the kingdom, but to declare the whole counsel of God. Nothing like that. Now, preaching is an interesting thing. Because every Sunday, for you, Michael, you're going to have a group of 50 to 75 people who will judge how you've done. 
always with the advent of the internet, people have their phones with them and they check out what you've said to make sure you've been accurate. I've had people come up to me after our service and say, you didn't get that illustration right, I checked it out. So you have to be a lot more careful nowadays. But, but the thing is this, you are called to declare the whole counsel of God. And as you know, that's sometimes hard. And sometimes we need to say difficult things. Can I encourage you? Hold your pastor accountable to the Word of God. But do not, do not for the life of you try to influence what he preaches. That's his responsibility. God has given him the job of preaching to you the whole counsel of God. As a, a man who's been called to that ministry, I know that he will do that in a way that God intends. What you need to do as the people of God is come ready to receive the whole counsel of God. And sometimes that's going to be hard words. Sometimes that's going to be things that are going to make you very uncomfortable. You know what? That's what God wants for you. What is the use of coming to a service on Sunday morning and just simply having your ears tickled? If you don't feel uncomfortable often when you hear the Word of God, I don't think you're really listening. So open your hearts as your pastor preaches to you the whole counsel of God. Let the Spirit of God take that and use that in a powerful way in your life. So this ministry that Paul said we're to aspire to is to testify of the gospel of grace of God, to proclaim the kingdom, and to declare the whole counsel of God to his people. There's a third thing that Paul says, and that is that there is a challenge to heed. In verses 28 and following, he says this, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. From whom among, from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things. And that's an interesting word, twisted things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert Remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. So, Paul is challenging the Ephesian elders, and so I'll talk to your elders and your pastor for the next few moments. First of all, he says, pay attention to yourselves. Pay attention to yourselves. Look after your own walk with God. Make sure that you're spending time in the Word of God. Make sure that you are looking after your own understanding and knowledge of God. Whether you know this or not, your pastor has just put a target on his back. By becoming your pastor, Satan is going to target him. He's going to try to make him fall. He's going to Go after it. 
The reason I know that is because if he can get leaders in the church to fail, then he feels like he's, he's going to win a battle. And look, all of us know, I mean, in the state of Victoria over the last several years, we have received quite a black eye with the, you know, the royal commission that we've had going on. And the world out there doesn't distinguish, by the way, sometimes between churches. They just go, oh yeah, you mob. So we've got a lot to do to, to build the reputation of who we are. So you need to pray for the pastor that you're out So take heed to yourselves, Paul says. Make sure that you are right in your own walk with God, and then make sure you're right in your marriage. I've only just met your wife, Michael. She seems a lovely woman. Take care of her. Love her. Lead her as Christ led the church. Love her as Christ loved the church. Look after your family. Those two young boys. I, I have to say that there's a lot of people that I've met who are PKs, preacher's kids, who have a very, very sour view of church and ministry. I'm not one of those people. I loved the fact that my dad was pastor. And I loved being involved in the, in the church ministry. It was boring. And it's because my dad and mom were very careful about making sure that the family got the time that they needed. Church, make sure that you give your pastor plenty of time to take care of his family. Be who he needs to be as a husband. But not only take heed about yourselves and your and your family and your marriage, but also make sure that, that you are paying attention to the flock. Now, you guys out here in Mafra probably understand a whole lot more about sheep than I do. Never been a sheep farmer. Don't know a whole lot about them except what I've read. But from my understanding, it's a pretty good analogy the fact that we're sheep. And this flock that Nick has now been given to be shepherd over, it's very important that if you pay attention to the flock, understand them, get to know them, understand their needs, because they really do need the shepherd. Thirdly, Paul goes on and says, he said, also, I want you to realize your commission is from the Holy Spirit. He said, which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. This isn't just a man-made position that God has given you. It is is something from God. The Spirit of God has made you overseers. And not only that, but we have to sometimes remember that's God's church. God's church. Now, I, I was the founding pastor of, of Suburban, so I've been there for 30 years. And um, I'm hoping God's going to give me another, uh, and at least 60 this year, so we'll see. But you know, it's it's very tempting for me to think that Suburban's not true. Very tempting. But I have to remind myself all the time, it's not my truth. It's not my church. God, it's your church. 
And I praise God that he has given me a group of elders who are not yes-men. I'll challenge you guys. Don't be yes-men. Challenge, challenge everything. Make sure that you are praying. And, and obviously we want, we want to be unified as a leadership, but it's not my church. It's not your church, Michael. And that's both comforting as well as challenging. Because sometimes we, we want to do the things that we think are, are right, but remember that God is the one who paid for the church with the blood of his son. He obtained it with his own blood. And that means I have a, an incredible responsibility to take care of it well. And not only that, he then goes on and says, you need to protect the flock from predators. Now, this is an interesting one because whether we, whether we like it or not, and, and it doesn't sometimes sound okay to say this, but there are people out there who would like to come into churches and take them in a different direction. There are people out there who would like to actually, for whatever reason, they believe they should be in charge. And they come in and they try to work their, their wives. Early days in our ministry at Smyrna, probably after we were there for three or four years, a young man came in, and uh, he had an agenda. I didn't know he had an agenda until he had been there for a few months. And he began undermining the leadership in the church. He began saying things, and, and sort of he would, he would come to Bible studies that we would have. And back in those days, we only had one Bible study group, because that's how small we were. And now. Uh, he would come to these Bible studies and he would he would oppose me in the things that I would say. He said, oh, well, it's probably more really like this. And I didn't really pick up on that until one one night he was saying something. And I said, well, no, that's not right. And I spoke up and said, well, no, that's not what the scripture is saying here. And that was it. The moment I opposed him, he turned. And he started spreading lies about me spread them over the earth. Fortunately, I had some people who knew me well who came and said, this is what he said. And we had to, to take the drastic action of saying, you're not welcome here anymore. Because he was, in fact, exactly what this passage is talking about. He was a predator. He was a wolf coming in trying to, to turn the flock. He was trying to win some support so that he could kind of gain a position be in charge. Paul says you need to make sure that you watch because there will be sometimes men coming in saying twisted things. And Michael, you already know this because of your age, but we live in a day and age when that doesn't just happen through people, it also happens through the internet. Because anybody and everybody can get a platform nowadays. I, I, got, I got an email even this week from someone who said, I need, this, this is true, this guy wrote me an email and said, I need to save your ministry for you. And he gave me this big long thing on there that you haven't been preaching the right gospel and you need to preach the gospel that happens on the 
the true Sabbath on Saturday. And he's giving all, all this stuff. And I thought, I've never heard this guy before. He's sending me an email to tell me he wants to save my church. God's church. But that's the kind of thing that happens. So we need to be careful. It's your job to make sure that you look after the flock. So there's some challenges that we need to hear. Lastly, Paul says, as he was leaving this group, and, and you can tell that Paul really had an amazing affinity with this group of people because the, the benediction that he leaves with them when he's, when he's finished, it says, and now I commend you to God and to the word of grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance, the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And then we have this very emotional scene where Paul gathers the elders together and he and he kneels down with them and prays and there was much weeping and embracing and kissing and all of that because they were very sorrowful that Paul was gone. Now that scene for me is is the way it ought to be in churches with the pastors. There ought to be a love and a care and an understanding and a, a wonderful connection. And, and I'm going to pray that God lets Michael and Crystal stay here for many, many, many years. And they have a wonderful, fruitful ministry. Now, I don't know if Michael's prayed what I prayed when I went to Hover's Crossing. I prayed that God would let me spend my life there. I don't know if you're praying that, Michael, but that's what I prayed. And so far, he's answered my prayer, and I'm so thankful for that. But I'm going to pray that, that God would give Michael a long, fruitful ministry here. That the gospel would flourish in this community. And that bathroom will be a completely different place because of the work of the gospel to Michael and through this country. As Paul was leaving, he gave them two things in this benediction that I want to just talk about for a moment. He said, first of all, he said, I want to commend you to God. In other words, he said, I am, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to continue to, to pray that God would, would work in your midst. That he would be there for you. That he would hold you. That he would protect you and guide you in this ministry that you have. But not only that, he said, I, I'm not, a, not only going to commend you to God, but I'm going to commend you to the word of his grace. Now, that word of grace, we can could, we could say a lot of things about that, but I want to just focus in on the word for a moment. Because the word of God is so important. Both in your life, Michael, and in the life of this congregation. Don't ever stray from the Word of God. Don't ever stray. And, and church, it's your job, and I love the fact that Hans said this morning, open your Bibles. Bring your Bibles. Whether it's on an electronic device like this one, or and, you know, who would have ever thought? I had one pastor friend say to me, I don't like these all these electronic devices because you can't hear the you can turn that function on, actually. I don't know if you can hear that. You can turn a page turning sound on. You 
make sure you bring the Word of God. You open it and you listen when Bible preaches. And you make sure that what He is giving you is God's Word. I put you on the spot. But that's exactly the way it should be. I have so many people that come to our church and say, you know, Pastor, the church I used to go to, they hardly ever even opened the Bible. What's the use of standing up if you're not giving the word of God? And I'm so thankful that that's the background that I had as I was growing. We opened the word of God and we looked through it and heard from it. We were, we were challenged by it. So Paul said, let me, let me make sure and commend you to the word of grace. That the word of God stays prominent. Study it. Make sure that you're, you're listening to it so that it builds you up then you are able to take a hold of that inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Paul, I love his words sometimes when he, when he talks about grace and the things that we have in Christ. And that, that matter of an inheritance is such an amazing thing. As Hayden said before, I was at a youth camp this last week down in or up in Upper Plenty. We had about 85 young people from our church and other church, and, and we spent some time that during the week talking to them about their position in Christ. And one of the things we talked about was this matter that we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, that I don't know if you've thought about that very much, but think about what that means that we have equal standing before God of His Son. God looked down out of heaven when the Son was being baptized and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. That's exactly what God feels about you and I. As co-heirs with His Son. Isn't that amazing? And one day we're going to realize that incredible inheritance. And Paul is encouraging this, this group of people about that. Now, I don't know about you, but I am very thankful for those who have gone before me. And, and I know you folks have some history here, right? There are those who have gone before you, and many of you can stand and tell stories of the people who had influence in your lives that brought you to the place where you are today. As believers in Christ, maybe former pastors or or former mentors or others who, who brought you to faith. And that's the kind of the idea that I get here when I when I hear Paul making these wonderful statements to this group of people who loved so much. And they looked at him and, and saw him as a spiritual father. And so these words that he was giving, I, I want us to just be reminded of the things that we can take away both as a church with a new pastor and as a new pastor coming to a church. First of all, we need to follow the examples of the Word, aspire to the ministry of the Gospel, heed Paul's challenges, and pray for God to do His work and let the Word of Grace build you up and establish you in the faith. Wouldn't it be great one day to look back 
this time and, and had said about you what Jesus said about the church at Ephesus in the book of Revelation. He said, I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear those who are evil, but you have, you have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake. Some bright words that Jesus said to the church at Ephesus. Unfortunately, he also ends that with saying, but you need to, to think about the fact that you've fallen away from your first love. So that's, we have the, we have the privilege of the big picture. We know what happened to that church in Ephesus. So my challenge and encouragement to you is, be faithful to listen to what God is saying to us from the Word, to follow those examples, to make sure the ministry is what God intends for it to be. Be the challenges. And let God work in you through the Word of grace to establish you. As we conclude our time together this morning, I want to encourage both Michael and Crystal as a body to look forward with anticipation to what God is going to do in and through here in this place. And we'll follow your progress with great interest because we're connected yeah, as part of the FECA. And I want to thank you for allowing us to come and be a part of this day. Let me lead you in prayer as we finish. Father, thank you for the challenge that Paul gave to the church there in Ephesus, to the elders, the leaders who were leading the church there. And I pray, Father, that these words might ring true in our hearts as we think about what it means to be a part of the, of the church to follow the examples of, of Paul and others in the Word of God and, and of Christ. To aspire to the ministry of the gospel, of, of preaching the gospel of grace and proclaiming the kingdom, encouraging those, those around us to respond to the gospel message. And then, Father, may we heed the challenge of Paul look to ourselves, look to the flock of God, make sure that we are staying on track and faithful. I pray this morning for Michael and Crystal that you will bless and guide them. Help Michael as he, as he shepherds this flock that you will strengthen him, build him up through the word of grace and give him what you, what he needs for this text. And I pray for this body that you will bless and give them what they need to support and be what this community needs as the Church of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity today to open your word once again. May the words ring true in our hearts as we go through this place. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus.